Hello, welcome to Charity Chat. I'm your host, Samuel Davies. In this episode, we speak to Tom Montague and Alexander Coleridge about Tap Simple, a new contactless payment device and platform that they've set up. We also talk generally about contactless payments and the cashless society that we're increasingly living in. We also talk about contactless evolving and what this might look like in the future for charities and for people. And also we talk about the anecdote of Adia and contactless payments just not mixing. So it's a new world of contactless payments and a fascinating frontier for charities. So do have a listen. And without further ado, here is Tom Montague and Alexander Coleridge speaking to me about contactless for charities. Hello, welcome to Charity Chat. I'm here with Tom Montague and Alexander Colvidge, co-founders of Tap Simple. Welcome to Charity Chat, guys. How are you Thank doing? Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, we're very good. Thank good. You. Excellent. We're here on a uh, autumnal afternoon on a Friday in a park. Leaves falling around us. It's a little bit of rain. A little bit of rain. We, we might better, get rained off, but hopefully not. <laughs> but yeah, it could be a bit better. But it's quite a refreshing afternoon, I think. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Quite good. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so... What, what is your background, guys, and, and what do Tap Simple do? So we've, we've actually known each other for 20 years. Um, been, ex- been at school with each other for um, far too long. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we, we both got backgrounds in fundraising. Um, it started off as during school holidays. You fundraised together? <laughs> well, we did sort of part-time fundraising, um, sort of in the holidays and then uh, during uni time, and then as the kind of corporate world took its grab on us, it, it came harder and harder to do. We actually planned a campaign um, to help homelessness in London. Right. This is how we um, first started working together. Yeah. Um, it was it was that, it was, it was we both wanted to, to make a difference to homelessness in London. And um, so we used to meet after work, both of us were working full-time jobs and we used to, we used to meet and, and we planned a campaign extensively, it took us months, um, essentially uh, a, a way to use contactless um, donation technology to make it easier to donate in, in London. And various things in our lives got in our way. We ended up we ended up moving to different countries, um, and this this idea of contactless donations bubbled away under the surface for three years until we finally got our act together. This is um, back in 2016, so contactless was very much still in its infancy. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, now we're living in a situation where two years ago, car payments overtook cash as the most. Right. Um, usual way to transact business yeah. uh, and then back end of last year contactless became the most popular way to, to pay for anything in the UK so um, it's been a, it's, it's been a really crazy journey really so we basically decided we were going to uh, we were going to start a company to help charities raise money yeah um, and typically focused on on the brilliant charities in the UK that's where we we both are at home um, and our first advice allows charities to raise donations through contactless and chip and pin. Um, it's pocket-sized. It's a device that charities can take to, um, they can use it on the street or they can take it door to door, but it's particularly effective at events. So all the way up from um, high profile, exclusive gala dinners, right. um, through to fundraising by the side of a marathon, all the way down to a really relaxed and cozy coffee morning. Um, this is a device that you can bring with you and encourage everyone around you to, to tap. And um, and we noticed that 
uh, because people carry less and less cash, um, it's, 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 it was a big pain, um, both for the charities who wanted to raise via cash, but also for the donors themselves who wanted a way to give but couldn't, and right. it's rummaging in your pockets, that feeling you get when you're, you want to give but you can't, and suddenly... There's a, device, there's a device in front of you that, that, um, that's very easy for you to tap and, and to donate through. So it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because we, we've talked a lot about, um, in, in terms of the, the shows we've done on marketing, for example, right. about how marketing messages are there. They move people emotionally, and then people make the donation based on the emotional response they've had to the poster or the, the event they've been to or something like that. So then not being able to give, I suppose, not only does it mean they, they the charity doesn't then get a... a income back from the, the effort they've put into that message but it can also frustrate people I guess so uh, it sounds like contactless is a great option. Well, I think that's exactly it I mean we're all very aware that no one's carrying any cash anymore and beforehand it was probably a generational thing mm. um, but now I think it's, it's pretty typical uh, and that affects large small charities right up to the sort of the NSPCCs as well but also the homeless people that we see on the street every day yeah. um, so yeah, exactly as Alex says, gone are the days where we can sort of tap our pockets and and look for change. And, and now, um, along with us and, and other companies in the sector, um, we're building sort of contactless technology to allow people to give more and increasingly cashless society. So you, you started out the impetus for all this. Sounds like it was it was you, you look around London, and I know that there are more homeless people out. There in London and other cities, I know there's stats to support that and I know there's obviously lots of information about food banks being used and all these things, austerity and, and you know the impact that's having on people. And you know, we're in London now and, and just around us, you know, um, we're in a nice park but there are half a dozen homeless people on the streets now and I, I actually, um, on my route to work, I, I often go past a chap called Justin, okay. who sells the big issue mm-hmm. and uh, he and I have kind of become acquaintances I suppose yeah. or even maybe friends I'd say I don't know if you'd say that but, uh, but yeah it's kind of a there's a transactional relationship yeah. there and on the days where you know he said uh, it's like a big issue I said I haven't got any change have you got any contactless technology and uh, he said he said to me that some people do that but he can't because he hasn't got an address or something I think there's probably still quite a way to go around the sort of normalising the process sure, uh, behind sure. homeless people carrying card machines right. um, and obviously there's the extra security that the card uh, payment companies have around exactly as you say having a home address and of course, uh, yeah. you know to show bank statements and all of that kind of right. um, security and AML and KYC information that the, that the card companies and the processing companies require yeah. um, but it, it's certainly something that needs to happen I mean as you say we've, you know, we live in London and there's clearly a big problem um, with rough sleepers sure. um, so the quicker we, that we can kind of enable them to, to take donations um, the better really and actually I think it's, it's the same with a lot of people a lot of people do have a relationship with the, 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 the homeless yeah. person that, yeah. you know, I've got a friend of mine um, has exactly the same thing as you I mean, he's a homeless person who stands outside Parsons Green tube station yeah. every day um, and you sort of give him a couple of pounds and have a quick if, chat if, sometimes have a quick chat a card sandwich whatever yeah, it is yeah absolutely yeah um, yeah yeah and yeah it turns out probably to be quite a meaningful relationship yeah that's in right. the end yeah but, but what's, what's interesting is, is, is because cash is now in massive decline yes yeah. it's that exact same feeling um, of not being able to give someone on someone you find outside passing Cream tube station or to Justin and and, it, and it's, it's every charity and yeah. it's happening it's happening all across the country every single day um, at, at events every, every single hour and there's and there's many many hundreds of thousands of pounds being being lost 
because you get the donor, as you, as, you, as you said earlier, into that into that position of emotional connection with the cause. They're ready to go. They want to give, and then there's no way for them to do it. There's no outlet yeah. for it. Yeah, I think we're still quite surprised uh, about the amount of charities that still don't have access to this kind of technology. Sure. I think sort of you know a year two years ago, a lot of the smaller, even middle middle sized charities saw this technology as something for, kind of for the big boys, something that was almost inaccessible. And that's why we've worked quite hard um, to come to an affordable price point, something that's scalable. Yeah. Um, so our unit, for example, costs £49. So that's something that we feel kind of tier E, those charities raising £20,000 a year. Those are really, really small charities right. can have access to, and that's going to enable them to raise three, £4,000 more in an event. Uh, every year, you know, it might be one Christmas carol concert that they do right. every year. Yeah. Um, beforehand, they were having lots of people, you know, have to send four tap in their pockets. Because um, yeah. I know that text giving would have been arguably kind of an alternative, but I think that seems to be drying up a little bit. I know Just Giving have recently stopped the, their yeah, text yeah, giving exactly. number, haven't they? And then so you've got QR codes. QR um, codes I mean, as well. As, yeah. as we were talking about homeless people, they trialled uh, having QR codes around homeless people. Right. Um, but there was again this barrier to donating all this with going up to homeless people and kind of scanning them with your phone. That sure, it's, yeah, it yeah. It seems sort of quite a strange thing to do, which yeah. I kind of agree with. To yeah, and absolutely, um, yeah. I think our, our, our view on it is, is that there's going to be a. Every charity's going to have to look at their, their fundraising mix to replace, to replace falling cash, but also to replace particularly a millennial reluctance to sign up to direct debits on the street. Right, they're, okay. they're not, the, the people are less and less interested in being approached, hunted down by a clipboard and yeah. um, and signing up for, for, for years or decades. Um, and that certainly online donations has a role to play in that. Giving through social media has a role to play. Um, QR codes may finally take off, although I haven't seen it happen. I'm, not, I'm sensing that they yeah. won't. Although someone was, maybe. someone was telling us quite a cool story about QR codes the other day. They've set them up in, I think it was Bristol Zoo. Okay. They've set up a QR code right outside where the animal is. And yeah. you can scan your phone and do- donate straight to that particular okay, animal. Right. So yeah, it's yeah. About, like sponsor Leo yeah, the Lion. Exactly, like exactly yeah. that. And they said that was absolutely taking off. So yeah, okay. maybe there is a future for QR codes. I it seems to be a Marmite thing, QR codes. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, just among my own network, there are some people in, in charities that I know like them, others loathe them. Yeah. You know, I, don't, but, I mean, I only recently found out that with my phone, all you have to do is actually just hold your camera over it. Yeah. You, know, there's, you don't have to download an app. Or, no, because that used to be the case, up. yeah. Um, but also, just touching on what, what Alex was, was saying, um, I think the charities that people give to nowadays are becoming a lot more diverse. Right. So our parents' generation, I think you would have one charity maybe that you would sponsor for 10, 20 years. You'd, sure. you'd have sure. a direct debit of 10, 20 pounds, whatever it was. Um, and that would you'd probably pass on to your children in a legacy or a will. Now people are a lot more kind of varied with their giving, I think. So um, yeah, supporting different charities, I think it's becoming a lot more common. Why is it important for charities to offer contactless as an option? I suppose we've talked about this in terms of uh, the, the frustration that some people have if they go to an event and they can't make a donation, they've been moved to make a donation. Is that the kind of thing? Are there well, the short sure answer is that contactless has potential to help charities raise more money, right. ultimately. Um, but there's lots of additional layers to that. So it's not just more money, but it's, it's more quickly, it's more simply, it's more securely. Right. Because you can't have a bucket that's that's stolen. Sure. Um, you can't have anyone being tempted to put their hand into the bucket. Yes. Um, 
and with less hassle because it doesn't it doesn't require people taking money down to, to the bank. Often coins aren't, aren't accepted. Certain places now don't even accept buckets. There's some um, Broadgate Circle. We did an event, for example, last weekend um, for uh, the Royal Marsden Cancer Charity. Um, Broadgate Circle said, you're, you're collecting on street, you can't use buckets. So we gave them five of our contactless devices. Right. And they ended up raising £11,500 wow. over the course of um, 24 hours. It's actually quite a crazy It is a very cool story. Event, Incredible, yeah. isn't it? So a guy called Alex Crump ran on a treadmill for 26 hours. I think he covered 190 kilometres. He did four and a half marathons back to back yeah. without sleeping. He burnt 17,000 calories <laughs> for this charity and it wow. was really quite insane. Wow. But yeah, so that's so that's so that's the thing. It's 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 not just it's not just protecting from the declining cash, but it's also embracing the benefits that contactless can bring. And certainly, without the ability to accept con- uh, donations by by contactless, um, charities will continue to miss out. The other thing we were discussing on the way here, though, is, is contactless has its limits too, um, and particularly that thirty pound donation limit yeah. for tapping. Which you can get round by by tapping with uh, Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, Google Pay. Okay, I think it's right. pretty much unlimited. It depends on on the bank you're banking with. Yeah, but certainly over the thirty quid. But one of the things that we were very keen to build into our system was a chip and pin function. So it's so it's so it's all in one device. But um, we found this incredibly important for particularly the higher value sure. events when people want to give suddenly five hundred pounds or a thousand pounds. Um, but we even saw this on street just the other day with, at this Royal Marsden event. I think the highest nation we saw was was three hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think about how many two pound coins that would take, yeah, or how many two pound taps that would take, yeah, that one very generous donor suddenly boosted up the total in, in a really great way. And, and they wouldn't have been able to do that had we not had the ability to insert your card and, 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 and tap your pin into the screen. And do you, do you have some kind of functionality built into your system which allows the charities to follow up with those? people when they made the donation or we absolutely do yes yeah. we, we've got a contact form that we've okay. built into the system right. so that allows obviously the charity in a gdpr compliant way sure to sure. contact the donor um whether they've made a donation or not actually mm-hmm. um by email or or phone right um and that obviously allows them to send volunteer information or send yeah. newsletters or, yeah. or whatever it is but we found that's a particularly important feature i mean mm-hmm. our system has very much been designed with charities for the sector. Right. We were quite keen not to launch the company and launch a product that we didn't know was absolutely right for the sector and we knew sure. the sector wanted and needed. Yeah. Um, so we spent you know, lots of time with our with our partner charities. So shout out to charities like Calm and, and the NSPCC who've just been kind of instrumental in helping us really understand what was necessary from this kind of product. Okay. Well, I think it's every time we go to it, every time we, we go to any meeting uh, or, or drink, or come to tea. Um, we always say at the end, what are we missing? Um, yeah. What would be useful for, for us to build into the system? And the feedback is, is great. Um, this, is, this, is, this is why we introduced, for example, our gift aid feature to unlock an additional 25% of every donation. Yeah. Time and time again, Charity said, when are you going to introduce gift aid on top of this? And, and we said, we'll get back to you on that. Um, <laughs> three months. Three, three months. Painstaking months. Was that a challenge? Was it because of the coding yeah, or because of HMRC? No, it was more or? just to get, it, it, it was get everything. Day confirmed right. I'd say the conversations with HMRC who were great by the way yeah, um, yeah. and you know, ultimately we've they've enabled us to, to build that into the system and, and add an additional 25% onto every donation that's made by a UK taxpayer sure um, so that's been really important um, other features like direct debit yeah. I know we said earlier perhaps that's that's a 
methods of donating that's becoming a bit antiquated mm -hmm. and I think people are getting quite annoyed about people you know fundraisers coming up from them on the street with clipboards and um, but for some charities that's still really important and getting those sure. long-term supporters is, is is always going to be a part of the kind of fundraising strategy yeah so um, we built that in so we built that <laughs> in and, and, and that, that's the not the nice thing about being a small team we can be nimble we can adapt quite quickly so when we do hear you know, feedback from charities about a feature that they'd love to see in the system yeah um, us and, and more our tech team could be quite quite quick about uh, making that happen can people can people use your devices to set up a regular gift or, or is that something yeah that they absolutely yeah so we've, can, okay. we've got um so there are a couple of ways to donate we've obviously got contactless yeah um, so 30 pounds unless you're doing uh, apple or android pay uh, we've got chip and pin for those important higher donation amounts as, as we've explained um, we've got cash people often ask how cash is useful in this yeah, yeah. especially as we're talking about how cash is declining and we move sure. into this cashless society um, but essentially I mean the way we've seen it used most is where a fundraiser or volunteer has got a bucket as well as one of our systems okay um, and at the end of the day they'll be able to record in our device how much cash they've taken in the bucket oh, see. and then yeah, that will yeah. all sit neatly in in their reporting dashboard and right, they can apply right. gift aid onto the cash okay. um, so yeah it's kind of a, a suite of evolving features So I'm a fundraiser as well, and I know that you know I've used the likes of uh, Just Giving and Virgin Money Giving and Blackboard and lots of different kind of um, portals for yeah. giving, I suppose. And uh, for for me, obviously, it's about um, making sure that we've, we're on all the portals that our supporters want to use. Um, that's one side of it, but also it's making sure that the portals are, are serving us as well as they can, making life as simple as it, they can. And in terms of reporting, that's quite a big thing. So being able to pull off. You know, really clear reports that can then be put on the database easily and all yeah, that kind of absolutely. stuff. And presumably, that's something you guys would have had to have thought about too. That's yeah, it's almost the number one thing that, they, that whenever we say give us some, give us some, some suggestions, people say reporting, reporting, yeah. reporting. The amount of hours that people seem to spend um, downloading and trying to account for their, for their donations. Some people become obsessed with it, it and it, it's probably that one element of the product that we didn't realise carried that much importance. Yeah. charity um, but exactly as you say sort of the ability to see everything clearly in one place and download it into a CSV and then you can upload that into your CRM whether it's Razor's Edge or whatever it is sure. it's crucial um, and also in our back end we've got the ability to create custom campaigns which all links to the app it's kind of like a moon pig style system where you can you know, drag and drop certain oh, bits okay. of imagery you can yeah. write messaging around it you can set your preset donation amounts mm -hmm. um, we often find that charities will link the preset amounts to certain campaigns or courses they're doing. A good example of this is a charity called Mary's Meals, amazing charity who help um, African children and it costs £7 to feed a child in Africa for a year. Oh, it's quite it's amazing, a big, it? astonishing figure. Yeah. Um, so they had increments of seven as right. their preset amounts. And it's quite a nice little bit of storytelling behind that yeah, when you've yeah. got your fundraiser or volunteer out there collecting donations. What types of fundraising are you seeing charities really benefiting from contactless payments? What does it look like? What do these kind of fundraising uh, events look like? Does that help? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it does. Um, uh, do you want to start, should we start, should we start the question again? Should we try it again? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, so what types of fundraising are you seeing charities really benefiting from contactless payments? 
know why there's suddenly an answer on that. <laughs> the truth is, it's, it's a really wide spectrum. It's a broad, um, yeah. And, and we yeah. see our charity partners using our devices in lots of different scenarios. But you said before that you, so you've had it, you, there was a, an event you said where they were, you weren't allowed to use collection buckets. So you use your device. What does your what does your device look like? It's okay. not a collection bucket, then. Yeah. It's a, no, exactly. Else, so. it, it, it's, it's a handheld device. Okay. Um, very simply, we, we break it up into three parts. The first is a simple bit of hardware, um, and actually, it's a phone case with the ability to take contactless or chip and pin payments. And is um, that for a particular type of phone, or it, it fits onto the back of the top? I think it's the top ten most popular UK smartphones. Okay. Um, right. So it will cover most smartphones that, that people are using. Uh, and actually, we found it, it it probably covers off a few more than those. Does, yeah. um, so that's kind of part one. Part yeah. two is the app. So once they've they've attached the clip that we call it onto the back of their, uh, their fundraiser or volunteer smartphone, they will download the tap simple app. And the app is full of charity focused features. So uh, we've got gift aid in there. We've got the ability to create custom campaigns and yeah. content and preset amounts. Uh, we've got the contact form that we've obviously spoken about. Um, and then part three is the dashboard. Um, as we said, you know, that reporting and that ability to kind of review analytics is, is really important. How is, how is contactless uh, likely to evolve, do you think, and develop? And what does this mean for charities? I think we're only going one way, to be honest. I mean, we've already got cashless societies out there. Sweden's a good example. In, in, in the next couple of years, I, I would be surprised if, if if, if less than close to 100% of, of all cards in this country have contactless functionality built in. Right, okay. And if, and if it wasn't the case that almost every almost every person in the country will have the ability to probably to pay through their smartphone right. in the next couple of years. Um, it's going to essentially uh, change lots of things for charities. Um, cash, obviously, will be in decline at a faster pace than it is now, probably. But it will also change other things, too. Um, and devices like ours, for example, are going to have to move with the times. As phones themselves will become fundraising devices, payment terminals in their own right, you'll be able to tap someone's phone rather than rely on a clip, a clip, a clip add-on. And it's, and it's going to enable charities to do some, do some great things too. It's going to enable them to, to take the, uh, to fundraise anywhere, to fundraise, to fundraise in, in pubs, um, in parks. Um, it will enable micro fundraising. Um, anyone can become a fundraiser suddenly when this yeah. happens. Um, and, and it will be it will be trackable, and it will all be secure, and it will all it will involve someone downloading an app onto their phone, and they'll be able to fundraise anywhere and, and, and help causes in a great way. Well, I, I wish I'd had one of your I, I wish I had one of your devices a week ago because I was uh, I was running uh, over a mountain in Poland. You wouldn't know it to look at me, but I run, <laughs> and uh, I also eat a lot, so that's why. Uh, but I, I was running over a mountain in Poland and uh, a couple of people were asking because so I was wearing my charity top and I don't think a lot of people were running for charities in Poland, unlike here, but everyone seems to be running for charity. I wish I'd had a device there and then, really. I suppose I, I could have had my Just Giving link or something on my my phone, but it probably wouldn't have been yeah. as easy. Would I have been able to use your device out there? Or? Yeah, I mean, so currently our system operates in the UK okay. uh, predominantly, and we're also looking at going to the US in the next couple of years, sure. um, which is really exciting. We've got a couple of charities um, out there who, are, who we're speaking to and are keen to use the system, which is great. But yeah, absolutely, that, that would have been a, been a good time to, to use the device. Yeah. I think there's one other quite interesting thing about, about um, contacts we haven't talked about, which is, 
is how charities are going to use it alongside, alongside like just giving, for example, sure, or sure. online giving. So I, I think there's 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 always going to be a role for that. Yeah, that online giving. But I suspect that um, donors are beginning to expect more mm. and, and, and want to be engaged in the physical world, not just the online world. Right. Um, and particularly the younger ones, particularly the millennials, mm. um, who sort of almost a marketing cliche, isn't it? But it's um, it, it's millennials are interested in experiences. Inter- Absolutely. Interested in, yeah, in, in yeah. going to something, being part of something, being part of the event, doing the run, doing it with their friends, being able to take photos of it. Um, and, and, and that is a great place for charities to be for fundraising particularly as soon as we're able to get people to make high value donations through the power of cards and transactions and, and contactless. Um, and it, and it, it kind of changes the game a little bit when you think about how people used to drop a couple of coins into a bucket, keep the one pound coin, donate the coppers, yeah. um, and now suddenly you're able to give 300 pounds or a thousand pounds. And it, it could have the potential to make the physical donation space really, really powerful. So you set this business up, uh, it was 2016 you said you, you had this so, idea? Yeah, so 2016 was when we first began to realise this was becoming a, a proper pain point for charities. Sure. Um, and Contactless was, contactless was very much still in its infancy. Um, 2018, April, um, we set the business up, just Alex and I, yeah. um, took the leap from the corporate world, um, went off, did our kind of due diligence and research into what was out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we, we really wanted to make sure that we weren't just going to be jumping into the market with a product and always guessing what the sure. sector wanted. Sure. Um, so we spent a long time testing different products and different features and seeing what, what was, you know, the, the charities and, and donors were biting at. Um, so we actually ended up testing three different types of product initially. One was a kind of freestanding, uh, larger unit, which was more suited for museums and national trust properties. Such a funny story about a national trust property. We, we did some fundraising down at Waterston Manor. Oh, yeah. It's an amazing building down, yeah, down near yeah. um, Aylesbury, I think. Yeah. And they were determined to have this unit outside right. against all our warnings and, and advice. Um, so we had it, we, we came to a compromise of having An electronic it, unit outside. An electronic outside, unit right, yeah. outside, ex- <laughs> exactly. Um, it had a roof over it. Okay. It, yes. And it was open to the elements on the side. Right. And it was right down by um, a, a, a kind of, called the aviary. There are lots of rare birds in, in, a, in a cage there. It's their kind of zoo area of the, of the house. It wanted to raise money for, rare, for a rare birds charity. And um, <laughs> to say we weren't convinced was an understatement. <laughs> anyway, we got a call from, we set this thing up, we drove all the way to Ellsbury, we set it up, we got it plugged in, great fanfare. Um, it ran for about 10 days and then we got a call on the 11th morning saying um, we've had a bit of a disturbance. Uh, last night, a deer charged your unit, <laughs> ran through into the zoo knocked it over onto its side and it's now smashed up in pieces. Um, we've got it in a plastic carrier bag. <laughs> Would you like to come and collect it? <laughs> oh no, well you know, so you, they, they didn't heed your warning, did they? I think that's the thing. But you couldn't have known it was a deer that would do it. It was yeah. No idea. It was it was quite a sad state of affairs driving down the next day and picking up the unit in two bin bags. (laughs) (laughs) But going back to what I was saying, we we were determined to try these devices in as many different areas and scenarios and parts of the sector as possible. Mm. Um, So we had this freestanding unit, which was more suited, as I said, for these kind of larger. Um, larger spaces. Uh, we had them in the Mary Rose Museum down in Portsmouth, uh, Sadler's Wells um, here in London. Um, 
we had some in Topshop on Oxford Street, um, which was which was a pretty cool trial to do. Um, and the second product that we decided to to trial was a countertop unit, which did as it said on the tin, sat on counters, was more suited for, for gift shops. Um, and then the final product was this handheld unit, which was a kind of early iteration of, of what we're uh, what we're releasing now. Um, and we decided to focus on the handheld unit ultimately on the bit on the results. Um, so it's more effective, was it? Absolutely, and, and it yeah. doesn't sound like rocket science, but where you've got that kind of human interaction and a volunteer sure. or fundraiser talking to a potential donor yeah. about the cause or the campaign, um, that was incredibly effective. Uh, and, and a good example is uh, a dinner that we did not that long ago for a charity called the Challenger Trust, where we A-B tested two of our products. Uh, we had the countertop unit sitting uh, in the drinks reception uh, for an hour or so, 300 guests, and it did quite well. It probably raised with 350 to 400 pounds over the course of an hour, but no human engagement, no fundraising volunteer near the near the um, near the unit. And then at the end of dinner, Alex and I actually whipped round the, the table of guests with two of our handheld units, and we raised three and a half thousand pounds in in just under 25 Fantastic. minutes. And we couldn't get round the people quick enough. Yeah. And then there are a few glasses of what wine. Were you, what were you saying to them? Just talking about the charity, okay, um, and just that ability to to engage with someone sure. um, was incredibly powerful, I think, and that, and that really led us to focus on on what we've come up with now, and, and that's the handheld unit. I think, as you said earlier, Alex, as well, this is this this experiential, this uh, this wanting to be involved in something. So it makes sense to me that uh, to have something static. Where there's no, I mean, you might have an emotional image on that or emotional literature around it, but it's not half as compelling, is it? Of actually engaging, having a meaningful conversation with somebody, and then getting riled up to do something good. We, we totally, totally agree. agree. Yeah. I, I think there's there's still a long way to go for kind of normalising that process. And there are a lot of barriers to donating from when someone leaves their house in the morning to tapping their card on a contactless terminal without any interaction on a charity they probably never heard of yeah. um, I think we'll probably get there and we mm. see you know we've, we see them out in pubs uh, and cafes and bars um, but I think we've still got a, a way to go as a society until that kind of behavior becomes a bit more normal So when you, when you were setting up your organization your company what were the kind of the key things you wanted to nail down pretty early on you have a, a mantra or a yeah I, I mean feel good fundraising is our is our mantra right uh, and without sounding cheesy we, we wanted to put the fund back into fundraising it was it was what what guided us at the beginning and what has guided us since, since the beginning um, when we first when we first came together we wanted to make sure that we were we were doing something that was that, that we were passionate about the two of us um, and, and that anyone who joined the team subsequently would always be passionate about it as well. And we wanted a, we wanted a motto or, or a phrase that was going to sum up what we stood for, that was really easy for everyone to understand. Um, new starters and charities that we work with and um, other partners. And we landed on feel good fundraising um, because we sometimes feel that there's um, there's there's a layer of of jargon that can be can be can be switched out. There's there's a um, there, there's a layer of fun that, that can be got through fundraising. There's a, there's a level of satisfaction that you can only find when you when, when you've done a, a really successful event and and, and ultimately everyone who is who is fundraising in this country is doing it for, for all the right reasons and, and, and to support really brilliant causes and it's meaningful and so we wanted to bring that all together into one thing that we could hopefully remember. <laughs> the feel good fundraising was it? Yeah. And and is it important then for you and for your team to to see 
the impact of, of your devices, not only in terms of the money raised, but the, the work that's being done. Do you get any kind of uh, flow of information back from the, the charities you're working with? Everyone is very much at the cold face of the business in the team. So, I mean, an, an example is the event we did the other day. We all turned up and the best way you learn about your product is to actually see people interacting with it. So we'll often go out with a product and help the charities we partner with to fundraise. Um, get feedback, get advice, what new features would they like to see, how have they seen people interacting with the device. And I think it's really important that you don't lose that, that relationship with, yeah. with what you're doing. It's probably sort of three levels of connection. We want to, we, we're really careful to stay connected to um, the charity we work with, to, the, to potential donors. It's really important for us to, 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 to see people donate, donating in, in, in real life, figure out what makes people tick. Um, and finally, to stay connected as a team to to, to, the, to the impact of raising, this, of raising these donations. The, the donations don't just stop when they're collected from a donor's card and put into the charity's bank account. Um, and it certainly motivates us to, for example, uh, to, to uh, convert the money raised into tangible impact. And a great example of this is a Mary's Meals event we did um, just before Christmas last year where we helped them raise uh, £5,500 on the night. As the event organiser said to us afterwards, that wouldn't have been possible had we not had a contactless device and a chip and pin device that got people giving. Yeah. And giving much more than they otherwise would have done. Tom Montague, Alexander Courage, thank you for contributing to Charity Chat. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you for having us. So there you go, dear listener. Contactless is changing the world as we know it for charities as well as for us as individuals. And there may be a great opportunity there for charities um, to grow support and uh, for just for their charity and also for their beneficiaries. It looks like contactless could be revolutionary for charity public collections. And indeed, Tom and Alex talked about examples they have seen where this has been the case, raising thousands in a very short time frame charities so we hope you enjoyed this episode please let us know if you have any views on contactless any expertise or experiences using contactless for charities have you seen contactless working well for charities or not whatever your feedback we'd love to hear from you so please do get in touch with us through our website charitychat.org.uk or our email which is info at charitychat.org.uk .org.uk. You can also find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn. Do get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. We rely on your feedback and it really helps us. So thanks ever so much if you, uh, for those of you who've done that. Also, thank you very much for listening, dear listener. We really appreciate it. It keeps us going. It shows that we're doing something remotely valuable and that helps us. We're all volunteers here. So, um, yeah, thank you very much. And uh, it was just left for me to thank our corporate sponsors, Giant Squid Audio Lab for sponsoring our podcast kit, Magda Axmit for the beautiful website design. Check it out at charitychat.org.uk. RR Yard Photography for the lovely pro bono images they provided for our website. And Forrester Fools, who are playing throughout the show and are playing us out right now. That's it from me. Thanks ever so much. Speak to you soon. Cheerio. Bye-bye.